This podcast contains graphic descriptions that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. All right, now, with that being said, welcome to the Mortal Musings Podcast. So, something that I've been made painfully aware of since we started recording. Okay. How horrific my command of the English language is. I cannot speak for shit. Well, two things, okay. Um, I've known my whole life. It's not news to me. For fucking Yorkshire. You know, we, we say things like, put wood in oil, which means close the door. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, it's... And the second point, you're Irish. Mm-hmm. You speak way too fast. I, I, yeah, I know I speak fast, but uh, right. Like every second word out of my mouth is fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was aware of that. I was aware I cursed a lot. But it's also just like trying to say a normal word just turns to mush in my mouth. Like, well, it, it's, <laughs> it's the ridiculous. other thing as well. Like I've told you before. So eight years. Yeah, eight years ago I told you. When you swear, yeah. it's very aggressive. I don't even mean it to be and, aggressive. And you thought I was taking the piss. Yeah. Until you heard the recording. Prick was the word that you were like, don't call me that. I was like, what? And you're like, you sound so venomous. Yeah. Do I? Yeah. Fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> if I listen to that back, I'd be like, what the fuck is my problem? It's bad. But yeah, no, even stuff like, you know, reading a person's name, obviously you got to be so careful. You want to. You always want to make sure you're pronouncing stuff correctly or, you know, just yeah. getting the name right in general. And it's one of those things that's very easy to judge someone when you're listening to a podcast. I'm sure I've done it many a time. And then you put yourself in that position. You're like, oh, shit. You look it up. You make sure you got it right. And then you actually come to like actually saying it rather than reading it. And you're like, oh. Well, at least it balances out. Right. So there's you can't speak properly. Mm-hmm. And then you're doing a podcast with a pro. So it, it balances it out, levels it out. Throw me fucking hole. I'll just edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's our two cents for the week, I think. We, we, we can't speak. But, uh, or, yeah. as a Yorkshire minister, I can't spec. We can't spec. <laughs> so we'll get into the case for today anyway. Okay. And just to uh, warn you, it, it's a bad one today. It gets pretty grim. Today we're going to talk about the murder of Kellyanne Bates. Now, Neil, I've told you about this case before. It's one that when I heard it stuck with me. Um, you may not remember in detail, you may not, you know, just from the name, but 100% when we get to a certain bit, you will remember. Vague, was it in the UK? It was in the UK. And like I said, this is particularly gruesome, but um, I do think it's a case that needs to be covered. A young one? Yes. She, she was a teenager. So, on the 16th of April in 1996, a man reported to the police to say that he had accidentally killed his girlfriend during an argument. I remember. Mm-hmm. He claims she was in the bath during an argument and she inhaled water and she died after he tried to resuscitate her. Okay. I don't want to stop you already. Go ahead. But how many times have you heard, like, even that bit alone? Who the fuck gets in a bath, a relaxing thing? To have an argument. I, I, I've i never heard of anyone in a bath arguing. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like, let's it, say she went to the bath and he followed her in. You'd probably get out and be like, all right, fuck this, you've yeah. ruined it now. Yeah. Yeah. 
But that that's what he Not says anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that that's what he says to the police. So again, like I said, this is this is a bad case. It's particularly gruesome. Um and just to kind of make the point of how bad it is, I just have a few quotes from a couple of people who were involved in this case. So Detective Sergeant Joseph Monahan of Greater Manchester Police said, I've been in the police force for 15 years and have never seen a case as horrific as this. Pathologist William Lawler said, In my career, I've examined almost 600 victims of homicide, but I've never come across injuries so extensive. So almost 600 people, yeah. like a pathologist, you're going you're gonna to have seen some shit in your time. Almost 600 victims of homicide and he's still like, fuck, yeah. this is bad. So we're going to jump back a few years to when Kellyanne first met this man. So when Kellyanne Bates was just 14 years old, she began a relationship with a man 32 years her senior and that man was James Patterson Smith. 32 years older. Yeah. The grown fucking man. Kellyanne managed to keep this relationship a secret from her parents for two years. And understandably, when her mother, Margaret, finally learned the relationship, she was less than happy, which I think we can all understand given the age difference. But not just that, also her first impressions of this man. Yeah, like, don't you find it a bit sus that the age of consent in the UK is 16 and the parents found out when she was 16? Yeah, like, I, I assume that's what the sus was there. She was literally like, I'll wait it out a bit. They can't really do anything there, but I, I don't know, you know? Yeah. So speaking about her first encounter with Smith in the Manchester Evening News, Margaret said, As I walked in, he swaggered down the stairs and I made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. He was much older than I expected and looked a bit like John Denver. Who's John Denver? Uh, he was a singer. I think um, he was most popular during the 70s. But he was smarmy. He said, nice to meet you at last. And all I could think of was how I wanted to get rid of him. This wasn't the man I wanted for my daughter. I vividly recall seeing our bread knife in the kitchen and wanting to pick it up and stab him in the back. I've thought about that many times. I wonder, I wonder if the mother ever asked him, what are you doing with a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, How did you meet? Um, mm. like, is that documented how they met? Yes. Okay. Um, the mother did say she's not usually the type to have kind of more aggressive thoughts, but she said the vibes from this guy were so off. Yeah. Like from the get-go, she just did not like him. And at that point as well, you got to remember, you know, she's meeting him for the first time, but her daughter's already been with this guy for two years. Yeah. You know, like you're, if you turn to her and go, no, this is not happening. She's like, I'm kind of, I'm in this relationship by now. Yeah. Relationship. 32 years older. Quotes. Big fucking quotes. Yeah. You know, and, and we've said it before about stuff like this, you know, if they are both adults, 32 years, who gives a fuck? It's their business. Yeah when they got together like it's so bad so if we take a little bit of a look at the background of James Patterson Smith James Patterson Smith was unemployed divorced and living in Gordon Manchester he was a teetotaler non-smoker described as well-groomed and house-proud by people he knew so in 1980 Smith actually did seek psychiatric help and that was to deal with his jealousy um well, that's just part of being a man. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it didn't work. His 10-year <laughs> marriage still ended due to his violent behaviour towards his wife. Okay. In that same year, uh, Smith actually entered into a relationship with a 20-year-old woman, Tina Watson. 
and this relationship would last for two years. Smith would continue his abusive ways with Tina and she would go on to describe herself as a punch bag. She also stated, at first it was now and again, just a little tap, but in the end it was every day. He would smack me in the face or hit me over the head with an ashtray. He would kick me in the legs or between the legs. See, you want to hope it weren't one of them big fucking glass ashtrays. Well, I mean, 90s? Everyone were nicking them from pubs. Oh, sorry, actually, no, this was the 80s. 100% was one of those. (laughs) Everyone were nicking them from the pubs. Yeah. Everyone had one in the house. Yeah, no, fucked. Fuck, like, this guy's bad news. Yeah. Uh... So he would actually even go as far as beating her while she was pregnant with their child. And luckily, Tina managed to get out of the situation in 82, but not before Smith attempted to drown her in the bath while she was bathing. So that's, that's two um, water-related yeah. incidents with this fucking guy. He has, yeah. a, he has a bit of a thing. So Smith's next relationship would be with a 15-year-old girl. And again, she was no different and the victim of his violence. And again, he would try to drown her. This time, though, it was by holding her head underwater in the kitchen sink. So he's moved away from the bath and into the kitchen. It's not a game of Cluedo. So in 1993, this is when Kelly Ann met James Patterson Smith. And she met him while she was actually babysitting for one of his friends. So afterwards, Smith walked Kelly home to uh, keep her safe. Which, you know, at the time you hear that and you go, oh yeah, good man yourself. I've done it. Yeah, you know, but it's just so weird to hear that coming from him, knowing what he goes on to do. Well, actually, what he has previously done, but obviously Kelly didn't know that at this point. Yeah. And like I have said, I think repeatedly at this point, she was just 14 years old. She was keeping it a secret from her family and probably because of, you know, like you said, in England, the age of consent is 16. Yeah. I, I, I assume, I could be wrong. I assume it is because of that. She wanted to let her parents know then. It's kind of like, you may not be okay with it, but I'm technically able to do this. Um, what's the crack with a, a father? Um, he doesn't seem to speak a lot on it. So when I was reading a couple of interviews, you know, there, he was pictured with the mother and stuff. Yeah. But I think the mother was more vocal on it. I don't know if it's that he just doesn't really want to talk about no, it a huge just, amount. It's just, if we had, like, so you said the mother... Uh, she kept having thoughts about stabbing him with a knife. If we had a 16-year-old daughter and she brought a fella home who was 32 years older... Yeah. No, no, no. In fact, if he was 20 years older, he wouldn't have any kneecaps. I know her parents were um, both very uncomfortable with it, but like I said, that was the mother's interview, so it may have literally just been her perspective. Like I said, maybe the father didn't really want to relive it or anything again. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. So like we said, Kelly was unaware of his abusive past. And now in 1995, now at an age where she's leaving school, uh, she would move in with Smith into his home. And by this time, her parents are now aware of Smith. Understandably, they're not keen on the idea of them living together. But they kind of agreed to it but they had conditions the main thing was they said if you're going to do this you need to keep in regular contact with us we need to know you're okay and you know so while living together she did actually leave him at one point because the arguments had gotten so bad but you know like in a lot of these situations she she ended up returning 
And at this stage, Kellyanne was becoming much more introverted from the once outgoing girl she was, um, even leaving her part-time job. So you're just seeing her becoming more and more cut off and isolated. That's what controlling blokes do. Yeah. During one of her infrequent visits to her family, they start to notice bruises on her arms. Okay. So at this point, they're, you know, they're obviously concerned, but it's, it's very hard to kind of get someone out of that situation. I mean, it's also said that um, leaving an abusive relationship is the most dangerous time for a woman. Really? Mm, yeah, apparently once you leave, that's when like stakes get a lot higher. There's a lot more risk of something happening, apparently. Um, I, su- I suppose. I think it's the how dare you leave me thing. I, I, think. I suppose, but at that point, that's when you've got people around you. Yeah. Not everyone does, though, unfortunately, do they? Yeah. So with that being said, we've got a little bit of background on their relationship and kind of who Smith was. Piece of shit. Yeah. We're back up to 96. So, again, the date was the 16th of April. And that's when Smith called the police and said that he'd accidentally killed his girlfriend. She had inhaled water and she died after trying to resuscitate her. So when police arrived at the house, they were directed to go upstairs. And that's where they found Kellyanne's body in the bedroom. Not the bathroom. No. I'm going to guess he said he removed her to the bedroom to try and resuscitate her I assume okay her blood was found throughout the house her body had over 150 separate injuries inflicted 150 yeah it's like I said this is this is a bad one in the last month of her life she'd been kept bound in the house to a radiator by her hair fuck she'd also been starved losing around 20 kilos of weight 20 kilos yeah I don't know what that is like so 20 kilos is about 44 pounds. Fucking hell. Yeah. She'd also not received any water in the days leading up to her death. Now, I don't know about you, but after recording for about 45 minutes, my throat starts getting dry. Yeah. Can you even imagine days? Yeah, if we, if we record for an hour, I'll do two litres of water. Like, it's just, it's fucking brutal what he did to her. So during the post-mortem, these injuries were found on the body. Scalding to her buttocks and left leg, burns on her thigh caused by the application of a hot iron, a fractured arm, multiple stab wounds caused by knives, forks and scissors, stab wounds inside her mouth, crush injuries to both hands, mutilation of her ears, nose, eyebrows, mouth, lips and genitalia. Fucking hell. Wounds caused by a spade and pruning shears. Wait, what What did he do with a spade? I, I don't know if that was just a hit, like a... But uh, it, it just says wounds caused by a spade and pruning shears. Partial scalping and the bad detail. Do you remember what it was? This is the one that, you know, you were done when you heard this. So it's going to be I. Yeah. What this prick had done to her was gouged both of her eyes out. And right. that wasn't bad enough. After he gouged her eyes out, he had stabbed the empty eye socket. For fuck's sake, Megan. Like... I'm sorry. It's... It's really bad. Like, I mean, that fucking list is horrific. And then just the eyes alone are, are you know, could never comprehend it, you know? 
So just one more thing to do with the eyes. <sighs> the pathologist said of her eyes being removed, not less than five days and not more than three weeks before her death. Wait, what? So she was living without her eyes. For three weeks? So at least five days, but it could have been up to three weeks. Fucking hell. Yeah. It's hard to even imagine doing that to a person or, you know, just knowing that happened to someone. But it's to me, it's still trying to injure that area. Remove the eyes and then still trying to do... Do you you know what I mean? It's so fucking intense. Did they give any, like, breakdown of the length of time for the the scald marks? No, no. It was just the eyes that they commented on. Okay. But, um, like, you know, not having had water for days, losing 20 kilos of weight. So it was so she a considerable was, amount of time. So she was tortured before she was taught, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was tortured before she, she was, was tortured. living in... And she's 16. Yeah. She's, sorry, she's 17 by the time she's murdered. But, yeah, you know. So she's a kid? Yeah. Fucking hell. Three weeks. Yeah, up to three weeks. Yeah, yeah three hours. It, it, yeah, three seconds. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> so during the trial, the prosecutor, Peter Openshaw, said it was as if he deliberately disfigured her, causing her the utmost pain, distress and degradation. These injuries were not the result of one sudden eruption of violence. They must have been caused over a long period and were so extensive and so terrible that the defendant must have deliberately and systematically tortured the girl, which hitting the nail on the head. Like, it's the whole point, of, you know, it's not that it would ever be okay, but it wasn't like they had an argument and there was some physical act. Yeah. It was, oh no, torture, you know? And he phoned it in. Yeah. W- w- was it a case of and like, he, I've had enough, wait, I've been doing this for years. So originally, didn't he say drowned? She. Yeah, she inhaled water <laughs> in the bath. Uh, like, I don't think it matters, but did they find water in the lungs? It doesn't, doesn't actually say. Okay. So you think that's, that's the worst of it, that that's him done. And it is in terms of the injuries he's inflicted. But he still manages to get one last dig at Kellyanne, okay? Okay. During the trial, he basically tried to flip the script and put the blame on Kelly. Well, he was going to say it's self-defense? No, no, but he, he said, she would put me through hell winding me up and that she would taunt him. Winding him up, winding the man up. Like, can you? Was he <laughs> winding us up? Like, he's acting the bollocks, is what he's fucking doing. It's it's just the absolute neck of this fella. Like, yeah. what you've done? Just just sit there and fucking take it. How dare you? Like, hang on. Uh, no, are you winding me up? No, he said this. He was like, uh, well, uh, you know, she'd wind me up all the time, as if like, oh, I just snapped. She taunted him, Neil. He's devastated. Probably called him an old fuck or something. I think, I think, <laughs> now, she may have had a point if she did. So, consultant psychiatrist Dr. Gillian Mezzi said that Smith lived in a distorted reality. I think we all agree with that. Yeah. And women came forward to really um, let it be known the character of James Patterson Smith. Yeah. And that was a misogynistic, controlling jealous and abusive man and the jury would only take an hour to find James Patterson Smith guilty of the murder. That's 59 minutes too long. Oh, yeah. How did it take an hour? The judge said 
this has been a terrible case, a catalogue of depravity by one human being upon another. You are a highly dangerous person. You are an abuser of women. And I intend, so far as it is in my power, that you will abuse no more. Now, we're just sat here talking about this and it's bad enough to hear. Oh yeah, the jury had to see the shit. Yes. So the jury would have had to have sat there, heard all these details in much more of a graphic description, see pictures of what this prick had done. Um, It would have been incredibly difficult and traumatic for them to go through. I mean, the jury, they they were all offered counselling to deal with the trauma. Yeah. And every single one of them accepted. I bet they fucking did. Yeah, I know. Like, it's no surprise they accepted, but I think, again, you know, same when I put some of those quotes uh, at the start of the episode, I think that's another detail that really kind of drives it home. They yeah. were all like, no, I can't just walk away from this. That's imprinted on me for life kind yeah. of thing. But that is the case of Kellyanne Bates. It's a bad one and I'm sorry, but I think it needs to be told. Yeah. Fucking hell. Okay. So we're going to move away from that. That was, that was a lot to deal with, I think. And we're going to do an oddity to finish with. Okay. So this one is basically a real life version of Weekend at Bernie's. Oh. Yeah. Wait, what? So this actually happened in Ireland. Ireland, me Ireland. <sighs> it's not, not the proudest story to come out of the country. Like, this was, uh, this, I'm pretty sure this went all over the world. Like, people heard about this and were like, what the fuck is going on over there? I've never heard of it. Uh, do you want me to drop another bombshell? Mm. I've never seen Weekend at Bernie's. I haven't, actually. I, I know, oh. I know what the movie is. I know what it's about. So this was back in January 22. So a man went to the post office to claim his uncle's pension of 246 euro. You okay? Yeah, no, no, no. Remember so, yeah, I do remember this. Fuck. So yeah, went to claim his uncle's pension of 246 euro. But the workers there wouldn't let him collect the pension as he was not an agent for his uncle. Um, his sister was though. The, the uncle's sister. Yeah. So... The guy goes back home and he collects his uncle. Uh, he's, he's seen by people. He's, yeah. he's walking, walking down the road with his uncle and there's also another man there and they were holding the uncle up. I bet they fucking was. Yeah, they were linked arms with him walking up the street. So there was a woman who spotted them and she asked if the man was okay, the uncle. You know, he didn't look fucking great. Yeah. She followed him down the street and while she did, she was calling for an ambulance because she was like, what the... F- like, he's not right. There's something going on. Yeah. When they got to the post office, CCTV shows them skipping the queue and going straight to the counter. Yeah. And while at the counter, they just prop <laughs> the uncle up against... Now, yeah, they just prop him up, okay? And again, try to withdraw his pension. What did they say? Right, there he is. Basically. <laughs> Fuck. Like... Footage then shows the uncle collapsed on the floor, okay? Well, they didn't collapse, they dropped him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the man then proceeds to accuse the staff of killing his uncle, okay? (laughs) Garda Joe O'Keefe, who was called to the scene, told the court that the man said to the staff, are you ready for this one? Go on. He's dead now. If you paid me, he wouldn't be here. Fuck. <laughs> I swear to fuck. 
So the man, the, the uncle, sorry, was officially pronounced dead 40 minutes later after CPR had been administered. The excuse given was that his uncle was unwell and that he had already called for an ambulance, but records show that they hadn't. There was no fucking ambulance called. So Judge Eugene O'Kelly said that the two men literally abandoned the uncle there in the post office. Fuck. Rather than seeking help, they just blamed the post office workers. The judge said that they were both guilty of attempting deception. And the first man was sentenced to two years and the second man was sentenced to 18 months. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it had been heavier than that. Yeah. The reason I'm not using, like, obviously, you know, this was very well publicised. Um, a, a lot of people have probably heard this. I didn't know they dropped him out the floor. Yeah. And I didn't know they tried blaming post office. Yeah. That's that's the bit that got me. When I, okay, so this whole situation is absolutely fucking bizarre. Wait, and this is for what? Two, you say 200? 246. It's not really life-changing <laughs> yeah. money. Especially this day and age, that would only give... That would only get you 20 chicken fillet rolls. <laughs> like... <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, the reason I'm not using the names is because um, I think it was the sister of the, the uncle. Yeah. She had said that kind of they've been through too much and she was very upset by how publicised it was. Obviously, this information is out there. It's very easy to find. Like I said, it was all over the world. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, I don't think we need to say the names again and just make it even, you know. But yeah, like, can you believe that story? How is that? How did that happen? Do you know what? With how terrible, like, for how dumb it was, thinking you're going to get away with it, my first guess, like, of course it was going to be Ireland. Of course it was going to be Ireland. Like, it, but that, do you not think that seems like a story out of like Florida or something? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's a Florida man story. Like, yeah. I mean, I, like I remember this coming out and just being like, hang on. Like, is this a joke? Yeah. Did I, you actually I, all, do that? All I remember is it was for his pension and it died of natural causes, but they was like, we're going to draw his money out. And they took him. Well, I, I think... Well, it's like when you said he collapsed. No, he fucking didn't. They dropped him. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the, the, the quote of, he's dead now. If you had paid me, he wouldn't be here. Like, the absolute neck of you. And all because they had butterfingers and fucking dropped him on the floor. Well, actually, no. If they he had also, stayed upright, would, he, would they have got the money? They, they also apparently put a hat on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just because that, that'll hide... Everything won't. That'll hide the death. Like, fuck, mate, these arseholes. <laughs> 200 quid. Yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, that... <laughs> that's our oddity for the day. Fuck's defi- sake. Fucking definition of oddity. But, uh, there you go. Fuck me. Thank you for listening to the Mortal Musings Podcast. If you're interested in supporting the podcast and hearing extra content, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Mortal Musings Podcast. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Mortal Musings Podcast or email us at Mortal Musings Podcast at gmail.com. Mortal Musings.